Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Minnesota Twins with MLB.com's Twins beat reporter, Brett Bollinger. Brett, I, I'm, I, I, can, I understand why the Twins make the move they made with Hector Santiago sort of in a vacuum. I mean, it's a better pitcher. The prospect cost isn't that high. Get out from under the Nolasco contract. But it still feels kind of strange to me, just in that it feels like a move. That, well, one, it's a move for a guy who they've only got for one more year. And I don't I, – maybe I'm just not as optimistic about their 2017 chances as they are. But what, what was the thought process behind that move? Because that was one of the more interesting ones of the deadline. Yeah, it definitely was an interesting move, like you said. I think that the big thing for them was just kind of getting out of Nolasco's contract. Basically, um, Nolasco, you know, wasn't exactly well liked during his time here. Uh, things didn't go well for him from the start. Obviously, signed a big four-year deal for forty-nine million dollars, and every year since then he's had an ERA of five. So I think they've been trying to move him for a while. I thought it was maybe going to be a straight salary dump, so to get a better starting pitcher in return, and after Santiago, uh, certainly made some sense. But like you said, Santiago's only under contract for next season, uh, one last year of probably going to make 8 or $9 million. Um, and to lose Alex Meyer, a former top prospect, lost some grace a little bit here. He's been hurt all his season for the most part, hasn't pitched since May 3rd. Um, he really hasn't really been able to, you know, uh, crack this Minnesota team, whether it's been in, you know, the Asian or in relief, uh, kind of inconsistent mechanics. Uh, kind of a wild card, kind of a flyer for the Angels. But uh, like you said, I think the Twins, you know, just talking with interim GM Rob Anthony, uh, you know, whether or not it's going to happen, they do kind of believe like they can get back and compete next year, um, which obviously is a little bit, uh, in some ways, I believe just because of how much it took a setback this year. Um, but last year, obviously, had a decent year, picking up about 500. And I think over the last, uh, I think 62 games now, they're 31 and 31. Uh, but before that, of course, they were 10 and 33. And, and that record still counts too. But I do think they feel like next year with their young core, guys like Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton getting better uh, to go along with some of the veteran pieces they have, they can be better. And I think in this case, they just thought that, you know, we might as well upgrade to Santiago, who we think is better than Alaska and has been better than Alaska for several years now. We have to just, you know, kind of, you know, lose Alex Meyer, who's a wild card. But I think at this point, the Twins organization kind of felt like Meyer wasn't going to contribute much at the big league level anyway. Do they see a scenario where maybe they try to lock up Santiago beyond 17? They, they could. I mean, it certainly could be a possibility. As of right now, I don't know if they're, you know, too deep into that yet, but it certainly could be a thing they could do because they are looking for starting pitching 
uh, beyond uh, just next year. This is a team that doesn't really have too much rotation depth. They do have some, you know, top pitching prospects that are double-A right now that are maybe a couple years away. I guess it kind of developed, but I'm sure it's something they'd be open to, uh, you know, in the next uh, year or so uh, with Santiago. From from the sort of more conventional selling moves that they made, uh, the Abad deal, uh, the Nunez deal, who who should fans, who should um, Twins fans have an eye on from the return there? Who really stands out among the guys uh, that they brought in that, that maybe people should be excited about? I think the big one was the Eduardo Nunez trade. To be able to get a left-handed prospect and Adalberto Mejia was a good get for them. He's a guy that the MLBpipeline.com uh, you know, has, has been pretty high on for a couple years now, and a guy that I believe Baseball America had in their top 100 recently. Um, a big left-hander uh, who throws strikes, but uh, you know, has a pretty good velocity as well. Um, an interesting piece for them, a guy that they think could maybe even be up in the big leagues uh, as soon as this season. Uh, so the nice thing is he's kind of close to major league ready. They didn't want to do a deal for, like, for example, Alex Their big deal a couple years ago is when they traded Denard Spann. They got Meyer, who at the time was in low A, and uh, was a big prospect, but was still kind of far from the majors. We saw that it never really, you know, got to the majors in terms of being a productive piece for the Twins. Whereas at least with Mejia, they know that he's a little bit closer to MLB ready. He's already at AAA. Uh, could be up soon here. Uh, Fernando Abad was a guy they signed as a minor league free agent. to be able to flip him prospect like Pat Light uh, from the Red Sox, who hard thrower can reach, you know, up to 100 miles per hour. A uh, little bit of a thing in terms of, you know, issues in terms of command and uh, his rate is pretty high, but has a pretty good strikeout rate as well with it. So if he can kind of harness his stuff, it's certainly worth flipping a, a guy like Abad um, for, you know, six years of control of a hard thrower like Light. He could be a part of a, you know, this team's kind of future bullpen here. So I think those are kind of the two big names that uh, to look out for for the Twins fans, and it seems like a pretty good return. It seems like, uh, you know, interim GM Rob Anthony actually did a pretty good job here uh, leading up to the deadline, but obviously also didn't make any trades to move some guys like Kurt Suzuki or Brandon Kinsler. Maybe kind of rumored to be traded, but obviously that's happened in August as well. Yeah, and you, you kind of tee me up for my next question here, which is this turned out to be very much a seller's market. Some of the packages that teams got – for uh, for pitchers in particular were enormous. Why didn't they move more guys? Why did they hold on to more of the pieces uh, rather than trying to pick up a couple of more parts of the next good Twins team, which, as you know, they hope could be as soon as next year? Well, I think the big Irvin Santana. I mean, just talking to Rob Anting leading up to it, he didn't seem like he was very eager to trade him, um, but I kind of felt like Santana would have some pretty as a guy who's really been on a roll here for the last couple months, um, has been one of the better starting pitchers in baseball over that span. Um, and as a veteran, he's 33 years old, you know, kind of profiles more of a you know, mid-rotation guy, obviously, than being up top. Um, I thought they could have got something good in return. He's still under contract for two more years, but the Twins kind of believe the same thing. They don't really have much rotation depth, so if they were going to trade him, they wanted some big pieces in return because um, they feel like he could be a part of their future as well and be part of that rotation the next couple of years. Um, and Kurt Suzuki was one of a little bit of a head scratcher too, because uh, unlike Santana, Suzuki is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so to not trade him was a little bit of a surprise, especially with teams looking for some catching help out there. Um, I do think that there's a good chance he could be moved in August. Um, but at this point, Santana could be moved in the off season. You never. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, another name, has kind of been bounced around, but he's been on the DL now for over a month. I think that kind of hurt his trade value. Um, but also, the same thing could be available in August and definitely in the winter time, especially with the emergence of. Miguel Sano at third. Uh, just from talking to Rob Anthony, 
um, after the deadline. It seems like he wanted to get some of those done deal or some of those deals done and did have the table. It just never really got to that point. So I think he was excited about the deals that he did make, but he also did admit that I think he wishes he would have been able to make a couple other moves there to trade uh, some of the other veteran pieces they did have. Like I said, it could still happen in August. Obviously, it's tougher as we know just because of the and all that. But, but yeah, even Anthony, I think, did it. It, it's kind of a tough position to be in, admittedly. In, in a seller's market, almost makes it more difficult because you sort of want to make sure you don't get too little, uh, and then you hold on to make sure you don't get too little and you don't get anything. So uh, I think that's that's understandable. Um, look ahead to what is still there, and we look ahead to the remainder of the year. And, and the, the last time out, Jose Barrios had a really nice start, didn't walk anybody, um, do you see things starting to come together? Is there some encouragement? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of encouragement about him in the long run, but in the short term, uh, are they starting to see some things that they want to see from him pitching at the big league level? Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest thing you said there, truthfully, was the fact that there was no walks. I think that first go-around, whether it was nerves or just you know big league hitters, obviously laying off and stuff that the AAA guys were swinging at, he you know, walked a lot of guys, and in those first four starts, uh, despite being such a big high prospect, he had a 10.2 ERA. Um, but second time back in the majors here, a nice start. And the same kind of thing early on, gets in some trouble, gives up three runs in the first inning. Um, and you think, uh-oh, is this going to be kind of, you know, same thing as last time? And sure enough, he ends up turning it around, retires, I think, 13 in a row after that. Uh, only gives up again in the sixth or an air. Uh, looked more like the pitcher that, you know, we'd heard so much about and the, the kind of the way he looked in AAA where, uh, strikeouts, I think he struck out five guys. You know, great fastball, I think, gets up to high as 97 miles per hour. It's a good curveball and a good changeup. Um, it seems like the stuff they wanted to work on at AAA, which is mostly just kind of refining his command, especially his fastball command, uh, he got better at. You know, I think uh, it was definitely a good sign to see that uh, against a good hitting Indians team uh, to be able to kind of limit them after that first inning and kind of bounce back, too, because that was kind of the thing. And after that first inning, if I oh, it's going to, you know, regress again and kind of, you know, fall back the way he did a little bit early on in the season, he'd run into a big inning and then not be able to kind of settle down, whereas this time he did run into a rough first inning but settled down and showed much better uh, command than he had in those uh, first four starts of his career. What is his status in the rotation over the remainder of the year? Is he in? Is he in with a short leash? Where do they kind of go from with him from here to the end? He's pretty much in. I mean, if he turns you know, some rough starts, they could obviously send him back down. They keep working on stuff. But as of right now, they want him to be up there for the long haul. I mean, uh, some of the guys uh, were already in the rotation. Tommy Malone just got moved to the bullpen. Uh, Tyler Duffy was moved to the bullpen, but now he's back in the rotation. Um, so I, I think there's been enough guys, especially those two at the back end that have struggled enough, that has given Brios a real chance here. Um, obviously, at the top, they've still got Santana and Gibson and now uh, Santiago. But as of right now, it looks like he's kind of a four-starter. I mean, it's going to kind of be that back end between Duffy and Malone, and I think right now Brew is ahead of both those guys um, just in terms of uh, the way he's been pitching recently. Triple A, he was dominant over the last, you know, eight starts or so. I think his ERA was just a little bit above one. I mean, he was just dominating at Triple A, so he can kind of carry that up. You know, it's just one start. You can't take too much from it. But um, like I said, it was such a better start than the ones we saw from him before. But maybe you think, okay, he's ready. Uh, after all that, and I, I do think that, yeah, at this point, the spot in the rotation is definitely not a short leash. I think he's kind of stuck in there for now, and, and if he pitches poorly, then he go down, but I think right now, Twins are pretty confident to be starting to figure it out. Alright, well, thanks everybody for listening, and thanks for Bollinger for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras.
MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.